0: TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! They had to suspend the game to do the lightning.
1: Hey, welcome back to another little Red Sox Wrap 360 alongside the Sultan of the Saber Metrics, Bobby DeMuro. What's going on, guys? And Chris Fitzpatrick. I'm Mike Conley.
2: What's going on, everybody? How are you guys doing this week? It's hot in the valley, man. It's 158 degrees here in California. The drought's coming. We're all dying. So at the end of this show, it's nice knowing y'all. Staying hydrated. Staying <laughs> hydrated. That's all we're doing, you know?
1: How about you, Chris? How you doing?
3: Not too bad. Yeah? Not too bad. You know, we're in the middle of a drop, but El Nino's coming. Maybe that'll bring uh, rain and some better luck for El our Nino. Uh, Sox in next season. <laughs> I always
1: think of Chris Folly when uh, I hear El Nino. Yeah. <laughs> but um, kind of a melancholy start to things. Uh, the biggest news of the week, obviously, John Farrell. Uh, he's on the DL now with uh, stage 1 lymphoma. But it was good news, as he said in his press conference the other day, that they were able to catch it so early. So, uh, get well soon, Skip. Our thoughts are with you. And uh, hopefully the team can rally around it. It seemed like that a little bit because the bats got going in the the game since then, So which is nice. But uh, eh, why don't we start early in the week in that Marlins series, which was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Starting all that game one in that series, they blew a 4-0 lead and lose 5-4. Our bullpen's horrible basically is, is what it comes down to.
2: Say that uh, five more times. You've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got what the week is. You've got exactly what the week is. Even in the wins, that's, that's the story with the bullpen. And at this point, and we talked about it last week, if you're going to do this, and they are, and they suck, and this is the worst team in the American League, which is relative because the American League is a lot stronger than the NL, top to bottom. But if you're going to do this and be a bad team, I at least want to see guys who are going to be here next year working in the bullpen. You blow a save, you fuck something up, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna be here next season to do it, I want you to learn from it. I don't want a guy who's gonna be a free agent next year. You know, so Alexia Gondo, some of these guys, maybe they won't be back, relievers are kinda of iffy. Let's develop something for next season.
1: Of all the positions on a baseball team, it seems like the bullpen is the one that has the most turnover yeah. on like mm-hmm. a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. So it is good to have a trial for that, but you know, to see wh- who's going to be here and who's not. But it's it's pretty trying time. And you, you see a guy like Tazawa, who is one of the two people in the circle of trust in the bullpen, and, you know, he decides to – just absolutely blow it up now.
3: He's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. blown,
1: like, four straight leads or something like that, or four out of five he's blown leads, and it's, like, right when Koji goes down. So he, he like, picked the worst time to go about it.
3: You know, you here's know? the thing, though. I don't think is a closer. He's just yeah. not. I mean, he doesn't have the right mindset. He gets up there, and I don't see it. I, I just don't see in his face that he has the closer mindset. He looks... He looks terrified sometimes. Right. And he's all over the place.
2: I I disagree with that completely. I don't think you need a closer mindset. I think if you've got a reliever mindset, six, seven, eight, nine, if you can throw a scoreless inning, you can do it in the sixth, you can do it in the ninth. It's not about the ninth is not a different inning and we've made it a different inning. That what you say is what millions of people say. Yeah. We have made the ninth a monster. The ninth is not a monster. Heraldis yeah. Chapman's incredible, Craig Kimball's incredible. So you say, Hey, we need a closer like that. We need that guy. You don't. How hard did Koji throw? Koji wasn't throwing 96 yeah. miles an hour. Koji had a nasty changeup in a 90 mile an hour fastball. You can get by with a lot in the ninth if you know how to pitch. Joakim Story is another great example who's in Pittsburgh right now. You can get by with a ton in the ninth if you understand how to pitch. I don't think it's very different. Yeah. I know a lot of old school managers will say that it is. You need a special guy. so and sos a closer. so and sos not. At the end of the day, though, Sox bullpen in that first Marlins game, four and a third inning, seven hits and four walks. Don't care who you are. Don't care what inning it is. Yeah. When you give up 11 base runners in less than five innings, you're going to blow it, regardless of the inning it is in the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you just don't have to have that outward, you know... Bulldog thing, but you know you have to be a bulldog inside. And Koji does have that, and he's got pinpoint control. And but you every know, reliever's got
2: yeah. that. Every reliever, if you're not in the big leagues, pinpoint control. Have, you're, no, no, no. The bulldog thing. Oh. <laughs> you don't get to the big leagues and go through the bull crap in the minors unless yeah. you have that. Everybody's got that. The question is, can you bring it out of the right guy at the right time? But the more we make the ninth a different inning, the more that Koji gets injured. And then we have a huge catastrophe on our hands yeah. because nobody else is ready for the ninth. Stop making it another inning. You've got to do your job in the ninth, but don't make it a special thing. It's the ninth of nine of the same innings. First inning, ninth inning, throw strike one, get ahead on 1-1 one, one counts and go 1-2 instead of 2-1. Same difference of what you're doing in the first eight, right? Yeah. Don't walk people. Don't give up stupid hits. As best you can control, some of that's luck uh, and batting average on balls in play. But don't walk people. Don't give up free passes. Yeah, it's true. It's the old saying
1: goes, as old as you know, baseball is, if you walk people, it's going to come back and bite you. No Um, doubt about that. And
2: how many times do you see that? And the Red Sox are guilty of it, too. The first guy gets on base. Lead-off walks. Two-out walks. Nobody on two outs. You walk a guy, and then something happens. The Mariners did that the other day in the Red Sox series. It's Mm. such a stupid thing, and everybody falls victim to it. And Mm. over 162, you're going to do it. You're never going to get away from it all the time. But the less that you can do that in the bullpen when it's a close game... Yeah. You know, the, these games are not going to get away, and that's why Monday and Tuesday, or Tuesday and Wednesday, are so damn frustrating because they get away in such stupid ways. Yeah. The Marlins don't come up and hit three home runs. Giancarlo Stanton's not in that lineup, right. you know, mm-hmm. and yet, look what you're doing. It was sad,
1: you know, because I really had a thought that playing one of the worst teams in baseball, we were kindred spirits with our yeah. NL, you know, team. <laughs> and maybe we had a shot. I thought we'd at least split, you know, and then to drop two was kind of a bummer. But And, and to blow another good start by, uh, well, pretty good start by um, my new favorite pitcher, Stephen Wright. Yeah.
2: Five Ooh. five walks in five innings. He did have
1: five walks, but he left with a 4 0 lead. Yeah. And it's just unfortunately. You know, one of the Austinists came in, and uh you know, I think it was the newly acquired Austinist Ryan Cook who came in and let
2: those two, uh, yeah, Ryan, run the two. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Cook had a bad week. Oof, <laughs> Ryan did he ever? Had a real bad week. Terrible. Uh, but you know what? You can't criticize the Ryan Cook trade too badly because you know what you gave up for him. Nothing. Right. So that's a flyer. You took a flyer on that guy. The A's dumped him for a reason. You took a flyer. Let him have a couple more games. I'm not going to work out. But you know what? Now you know. It's the same with Gene Machi. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's the same with Gene Machi from uh, the Giants. Take a flyer. Figure it out. Those guys blowing saves right now. You're trying to jostle for 2016's bullpen. I'm okay with that. Right. You know, I know Mm. it sucks. But if you figure this out now don't bring Ryan Cook into spring training. Maybe bring Gene Machi, maybe don't do whatever, but now you know you're learning these things now. There, well, there
3: were high hopes for Machi early on, though, right? And well. now, I mean, what's he really bringing into the game.
1: Right? I always right. pull for the guys with the ample waistline. Um, <laughs> so I really hope he pans out. But yeah. he's been pretty garbage this year. He, he's been a pretty successful reliever for them, uh, for the Giants, yeah. for the past two years, though. So I'm hoping he can kind of recapture something. This is how it is with relievers, still. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no guys that are, I'm a career reliever and I'm just lights out for my entire career. There's ups and downs. And you just have to try and get the guy that's on a down so you can get him on the cheap in hopes that he's going to Having up soon. That's, you know.
2: And I I like my cheat. I think in this climate in the big leagues right now nobody's going seven and eight every time unless you're the dodgers first two nobody's going throwing complete games every time so when you have these starters and right five walks in five innings bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leave him with four nothing lead great but he only went five you need gene machie and guys like that to bridge that gap those swing men are arguably more important than your closer if you can get through the sixth and seventh then you can shorten the game up so machie's the ultimate flyer if you take a flyer on him and he is 2013, 2014, Gene Machi next year again. Huh. who that's, that's awesome! Be nice. yeah. If he's yeah. 2015, Gene Machi next year again. And, eh, now you know. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's a really important guy. And it, it, one thing, and this is just something to think about with him, not to get off our topic to talk about him, but I think it's important. He's been pitching in the NL West, and he's been pitching in San Francisco, which is a pitcher's park. You know, far and away. And he's been pitching against, with the exception of the Colorado Rockies, the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Padres are not great offensive teams. Generally speaking, I mean, Adrian Gonzalez is great for the Dodgers, Paul Goldschmidt for the Diamondbacks. But he's seen a lot of offensive teams that were kind of weak the last few years. The Padres were historically weak last year. He saw them 20 times. Mm -hmm. So that can impact the guy's numbers. He's pitching in a pitcher-favorable park against some bad-hitting teams, generally Mm -hmm. speaking. Now he's in the American League with the DH, which would make a huge difference. And he's in Fenway, which is a little bit different of a, you know, not exactly a pitcher's park. So you have to factor that in. And when you take park factors, I think it's maybe more of a risk. But that being said, with what you're paying him, with what you got him for, why not? Right. You know, maybe he catches lightning for six months next year
1: as the old saying goes sometimes you get what you pay for (laughs) so when you pay nothing you get gene Machi, circa 2015
2: yeah i mean you're not not gonna get anything else this year look what you got from mike napoli nothing so uh,
1: why must you always beat down nap he's not even on the team anymore because this is a weekly thing for you yeah oh man i watched a little rangers game today he had a nice play at first base with a swoop tag, let's just review Mike
2: Napoli in 329 at bats, struck out wow 99 times. Let's talk about current Red Sox <laughs>
1: and uh, the uh, you know, and not only just to put this relievers thing to bed. Hopefully, no, yeah. not. It's going to be the theme of the show because they are that horrendous. But not only. Um, is it an up and down in a career, you know, for relievers, but also during the season, you know, unless you're the Aroldis's or the Kimbrels of the world, you're going to have ups and downs during the season. So you know me, how aggravatingly optimistic I am. I'm going to take an optimistic stance that because everybody at the bullpen is clearly in a downturn right now, I'm, I'm I'm having some good thoughts that maybe later this season, two or three of the guys that aren't named Tozawa can get it going.
2: Well, hopefully he is an us so, now, so maybe he so can get when it going too. So when they're sixty-five and eighty-five, and they got about fifteen to go, boom! Perfect. This is no, great. Just stay no, out no, of I, the cellar. I totally
3: cell. <laughs> agree with you, Mike, because I think you know silver lining. Here we go. That's right. It's the end of the season. We're not going. We're not gunning for a pendant here so why not just see what happens you know Mm -hmm. you never know there's there's one way to go and that's up it's not like we could get any worse at this point right well be careful what you wish for
2: well the bullpen yeah you can't get any worse than that can't get any worse than the bullpen and just oh sorry sorry well i was gonna say in the bullpen issue comes down to this and this is what every baseball issue ever comes down to and it's starting pitching if you have starters who go six seven eight give up one two three runs every single outing guess what the bullpen gets a lot better. The better these roles get defined, you know, the ninth inning is no different from the seventh, eighth, but one thing that needs to happen in the bullpen is these roles have to be defined. The more the bullpen knows who goes out when and the starters give them six or seven every single outing, the better the bullpen gets. It's no secret that the good teams have good bullpens. I mean, part of it is they stockpile in talent. That's why they're good. But part of it is when your starter is guaranteed to go six, give up three runs, you come in in a three to two lead in the seventh every day you know what the expectation is. And Mm -hmm. when you know what Mm -hmm. the expectation is, you're better. You know, And the starters right now, Stephen Wright, God bless him, fine outing, but when you only go five, you knew this was coming. How did you not know this was coming? The bullpen has to get 12 outs? Forget about it. It's also a case, too, where if you are in those
1: high-leverage situations all the time, if you're coming in all the time at 3-2, that can tax on a guy too. You yeah. know, you need some laughers in there. And this team, as we've chronicled every week, does not hit with runners in scoring position outside of Xander Bogats and bets a little bit, but. Um, they haven't been, you know, but hopefully we're turning the corner with this, this offensive explosion. Just mm-hmm. to put the Marlin series to bed, because I really don't want to talk about that drubbing in the, uh, the 14-6 loss, <laughs> which was, uh, horrendous. I mean, it, se- it seemed like Rodriguez was going along okay, and then the wheels just came off in that sixth inning, and they scored 10 runs. J, the immortal JT Riamuto with,
2: five RBIs
1: in that inning. Really I like him a lot, side. man. It, it, I like
2: him a lot. Should I
1: pick him up on my I, fantasy I, team? I,
2: I don't know about his his stats as far as that goes, but yeah. I like him a lot. He's supposed to be the real deal. Good catcher, fast, really athletic. I like that guy a lot. Mm. You're He's going to stay in Miami, so you're not going to hear much about him, but that yeah. guy is going to be something. He's going to be special. Six RBIs in the game. The only catcher with more than six RBIs versus the Red Sox was
1: Yogi Berra in 1957. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a stat. There you go. There you go. Um. So that was terrible. Uh, a silver lining in that game, you had Poppy. Poppy,
3: good showing from Poppy. Two you know, bombs. You can't. You can't argue with that.
1: The guy is I'll scorching right now.
3: Thirty-nine years old. Why not? <laughs> you know,
1: and you see, with every fifty plate appearances, another million dollars is coming his way on mm-hmm. next year's contract. You know, so Money he's locked in right now. I think he's over. at about twelve mil. But hey, you know, like you say, if the guy can hit thirty-five
2: bombs, knocking ninety runs, and hit two sixty. That's a bargain The 12 mil. That's a lot to ask. 35 bombs is a lot to ask. Poppy right now at 12 mil is a bargain. Poppy in June at 12 mil is an overpay. If Poppy in between at 12 mil... Okay, with all he's done in his past. Obviously, baseball contracts, you're not paying guys for what they're going to do in the future. Sometimes you're paying guys for what they're going to do in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I get it. Uh, I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from that second Marlins game is uh, Eddie Rodriguez. The start that he had was the start of a rookie. You come out against a poor-hitting team in a very pitcher-friendly park, give up four runs really early. Here we go. I roll. Here it is again, settle down, throw up a couple zeros and then that third time through the lineup, the Marlins adjust again and you get hit. And that's what happens to rookies. So mm-hmm. guy like that playing for nothing this year could be something special next year. the question is does he counteract that next time? you know they won't face the Marlins rarely again. he may never see him for another few years. Mm-hmm. but when this happens with the Yankees or the Blue Jays, if they do this to him April 10th next year, What does he do April 20th the next time he faces them? Does he pitch people differently? Does he learn from that third time through the lineup? That's the key, and he saw that... I think on on Wednesday or whatever that they're going to catch you two three times through. You may get them once. They're going to get you second or third time. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean he's got to learn. He's a he's a twenty two year old kid. I mean you know a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for him, and I still think that that's deserved. You know he's he's going to change. He's going to evolve as he's facing these better teams. So you know we'll see.
1: And all reports point to him being that kind of guy who soaks it up and really gets it yeah. and is there to learn, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I expect big things from him, too. I, I mean, and that's just because we need big things from him. No, he's, he's pitching, legit. He's the, the Orioles
2: turned down a lot of trades for him last couple of years because they didn't want, you know, people, they weren't ready to give him up for what people were offering. He's a special guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it took a lockdown closer to get him.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: so. Mm-hmm. We could have a lockdown
1: closer this year on a, on a team. But would it matter? I mean, you'd rather have him. That's the thing. Yeah, you'd rather yeah. have exactly. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, Exactly. No question. No question. So then uh, moving on to the Mariners series, Whoa. after John Farrell's, um, you know, bummer news, the team kind of rallied around him and uh, just exploded. I mean, 15 runs
2: at least in back-to-back games. 37 runs in back-to-back games. Insane. Yeah, we were talking about Mariners throw a no-hitter on Thursday or whatever, coming to Boston, 45 runs in three games. You get hit, and then it gets ridiculous. And you get – you get batting average on balls in play just kills you, you know. At this point, it's like, okay, 45 in three games is a little past the pale. Red Sox has scored 30 in three games, great offensive showing. 45 is just weird baseball. <laughs>
3: Something's yeah, going on. <laughs> really, really weird series. I mean, if only we could have taken that luck and spread it out over the last few weeks – we would have been in a lot better positioning right yeah. now but hey you know yeah it was it was an entertaining series that's for sure
2: can we not for nothing talk about this bullpen though <laughs> okay mm-hmm. now now friday they give up one run that's fine it was joe kelly bullpen did fine joe kelly kind of overshadowing and all that his best stuff but on hang one. on Saturday, bullpen gives up eight in the last two innings, and then Sunday, bullpen does pretty well, gives up three runs in, in six. And I'm okay with that. Eventually, they're going to, you know, cave. Craig Breslow gave up two in the last inning. It's, they're going to cave eventually, but that eight runs in that middle game, in that Saturday game, they're up, what was it, 22 to 2, and they give up eight in the final two innings. It doesn't matter. You right. still win a laugher, but it kind of matters. Yeah. yeah. Let's be real.
1: It's true. You know,
2: the, the, um, Yeah,
1: today, leaving Breslau in for that third inning relief, that was a mistake. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I don't have the numbers of how good he is versus the Mike Zaninos and whoever else was up, but that's
2: kind of like, you know... Playing with fire when you well, leave that
1: reliever th- in there for mm-hmm. a third inning.
2: At one point, you, you know, know you're in the twelfth inning. What are you going to do? You got to start planning for stuff now. You're on getaway day. By the way, this is the nightmare of a getaway day game. You know, six hour game where both teams come out and score 18 runs in 12 innings. Jesus, you, know, you want you want a one nothing game on getaway day. But it, but then you got to kind of manage a little bit differently, even in the AL, because you got to say, wait a second. If I run seven guys out here, one inning a pop, I'm done in the thirteenth. And if you're done in the thirteenth, what the hell you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have you know Travis Shaw pitch. I mean, it, as long as it's in Fenway, maybe. Yeah,
1: I mean, he, he plays be better well in Fenway. Than a lot of the guys
3: in the bullpen. That's right yeah, now, maybe.
2: So you never know. or do the Jose Canseco <laughs> where you get injured pitching. Yeah. Yeah. If I had told you at the
1: beginning of the season that Felix Hernandez was going to start a game that was finished by Jesus Sacre, Sucre, excuse me, would you believe
2: that? Uh, he yeah, had some pretty good stuff that didn't that didn't go fifteen innings. That's a thing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think Felix. I think. Giving up 10 runs and two and a third is a case of it's a bad day. It happens. Mm-hmm. But it's a case of a guy like Felix gets more leeway than uh, Montgomery on Friday got pulled real quick. He went like two and two-thirds, but he got pulled after six or seven runs because they knew. And you were you could watch it seeing him. Right. He did not have it. That's a special dude I think would be a nice starter. Not Friday. Felix goes two and a third, gives up 12 hits. Because he's such an ace and because he's earned it, you're going to come take the ball from him? You know, it's not his best outing, but he's going to go until he can't go anymore. And at one point it gets ridiculous. But I think that's why those numbers are so bad. And you can say, hey, 10 off King Felix, that's great. Well, any other pitcher, you get seven and he gets pulled. But King Felix is like, no, 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 I'm going to stay out here for four more batters didn't happen, yeah. you know, didn't didn't work for him. But he's earned the right to stay out
1: there. It's an interesting interesting point because Jim Bowden actually talked about this on Baseball Tonight Saturday night about when, as a manager, do you kind of save the guy from himself, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And he's had some, some bad outings this year. I mean, that's a career-worst outing, giving up 10 runs, 10 yeah. runs. But he's had one where he's given up, like, 8 earned runs and another where he's given up 7, you know? So once you see the guy hitting the skids, I mean – and it's not like the Mariners are playing for anything this year. They're in the same clubhouse as we are. Well, they're, they're, yeah.
2: they're a little closer. That's the they weird thing a about the closer. AL. Everybody but the A's and the Red Sox believes that they're in it. Are they yeah. really in it? No. But everybody but the A's and the Red Sox thinks they are. Right. Mm-hmm. That's but once geeky. you're not in that game. Yeah, save the guy. Right. Oh, for, you know, for sure. For sure. A little you know? embarrassment.
3: I mean, come on. When do you pull him? You know. But
2: that's that's the Felix question. Dude's been throwing two hundred plus innings for how many years now? Yeah. And it's like this guy's a workhorse, the definition of a workhorse. It's him and James Shields. Those are the workhorses. They're workhorses until they're not. You know, they're great starting pitchers who give you thirty-five starts and in two hundred and twenty innings. Until they don't. And I know that sounds dumb, but that's the truth. The, the, the mileage runs out one day. Is today the day? No, he'll probably twirl a two-hitter next time he goes out in a couple days, because right. that's Felix. But that day is coming, and the, and the Mariners have to figure out in another couple of years, what's the excess strategy? Because he's expensive, you Mm -hmm. know, and he's not going to pitch forever, and he's not going to pitch. How how much longer is he going to be elite? This could be a down year, and it happens to Mm -hmm. all starters, too, and additional relievers. But you got to start figuring out with with the wear and tear on Felix Hernandez – game like this could be a sign
1: yeah the thing with like stud starters like that is even when they have a year and like if you decide to move on it's going to be pretty easy at a deadline to absolutely you know milk some nice prospects off somebody yeah who's trying to add a stud for the for the stretch look run. at Johnny Cueto so. look at
2: David Price look at what look at what those two guys got what those two guys came in with Cueto or rental mm-hmm. and the Royals pick him up absolutely it's a it's a seller's market always for good starting pitching yeah. so you will never have a problem there
1: now, how about that uh, aforementioned Travis Shaw, you know? He's been a nice little, I mean, I don't know who he was coming into the season, you know? Yeah. He comes up, he has two bombs the other night. Kind of a tale of two blowouts for him. He had, he had yeah. two bombs in the first one, and then the second blowout, he was the only guy without a hit. Yeah, that sucks. 0 oh, for 6. That really sucks that's, to be that guy. Tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's tough. I hope he gets a little ribbon in the clubhouse in the <laughs> dugout for that one, you know? But um, I was also encouraged with Arusny's uh, bomb that he's starting to come around, you know. And that's unfortunate that he he fouled the ball off his foot and he was out. Uh, but he was back in there today, so obviously nothing. Um too too bad with that. What is with the Red Sox fouling balls off their feet? I mean, that's the same yeah. reason Hanley's out now, too.
3: Yeah, the bruising. I have I have no idea. You I get mean,
1: that shin guard yeah, thing. Yeah, but I mean,
3: right? as you saw, it's not, sometimes it doesn't cover that particular part of the foot. It's yeah. missing. You know what I mean? So You
2: get the shin guard, hits you in the toe. You get the toe thing, yeah. hits you in the shin. Always. I mean, yeah. it's not, uh, th- the
1: days of Hanley legging out of infield single are over. He can <laughs> go up there with the leg cast. All right? Did he just you hit see a ball. Uh,
2: Bryce Harper the other day foul one off his back foot? Really? I don't know how that how was do do that? I don't know how physics created this, but ah, let me help you on with physics. Uh, um, nah. Do you have the equation <laughs> for the terminal velocity of the ball from the bat to the back foot?
1: <laughs> uh, but but Shaw, I mean, he could be a guy that's in the mix next year. I mean, like what's happening at your first base? You know, I still think next year is uh, Hanley Ramirez at first base because, uh, obviously, this weekend has got me falling in love with Jackie Bradley. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yes, yes, yes. You guys. I
3: couldn't
1: agree
3: more.
1: I mean, just for the simple fact that just his defense, you know, I mean, obviously he's not going to, you know, get five extra base hits every game. But confidence goes a a long way in the big leagues. And once that gets going, Boom, boom, boom! The train keeps a rolling, you know. And like I say, he doesn't have to be a three hundred hitter. He has to be a on base guy that's got a, you know a three forty on base, you know. And and his defense is just incredible. No matter where they play him, right field, incredible. or left field, like he doesn't need any adjustment time. He just knows how to play it. And, and that outfield of him and Betts and Rusney that that's really good. And and you look in the AL, well, who's the blueprint of winning in the AL right now? And that's the Royals. And they have an incredible outfield defense, you know? So why not start with that? We've obviously tried in the past 4 years to go, "Hey, let's go out and get two big bats with Gonzalez and Crawford before." And now this year we're getting Hanley and Sandoval, both those guys this year. I mean, you look at their defensive run saves, they're both like top 5 worst in the league, mm-hmm. you know? So let's get back to Hey, having some defense. Then maybe you pitch a little better when you feel the ball better. It's amazing how contagious that is.
3: It's not only his defense, though. And, I I mean, maybe everyone's been saying this, but it's also his numbers in the minors and Mm -hmm. then his historic game the other day. I mean... I have a really good feeling about JBJ. I do. I I
2: do. I got a terrible feeling. I got a guy who strikes out 30% of the time in the majors. You can't be a speedster and strike out 30% of the time in the big leagues. I know we're in an era of strikeouts, but when you strike out 30% of the time as the on base guy, when you got a 300 on base percentage as an on base guy for this team, forget about it. No Mm -hmm. way. It's not going to happen. I think Jackie Bradley Jr. This is the, this is the bad thing. The monster day, the monster weekend. If he does okay, the rest of the year, that's going to trick the Red Sox. Let's give him a chance. Hey, let's try Jack. He's gonna do it if he'd done horribly this year they could have done something this winter we talked last week about trading him oh. if he does decently the rest of the year the Red Sox are in they're gonna go all in on him and say, "Hey, let's give him a shot." And he's gonna hit 140 again next year. And and ten months from now, I'm gonna be telling you guys, "I told you so." Yeah, this yeah. I just I worry about this guy. He misses con- He has weak contact too much. He misses the ball too much. He strikes out way too much for a guy who gets on base. And if you have those big boppers like Ortiz, Hanley when he's good, Pablo, whatever you want to say, in the middle of the lineup, those guys need guys on base. Yeah. You know, the solo home run that's great, but it's not gonna do it.
1: And to be fair, even if Jackie Bradley goes off for the next 10 months, you're going to find something else to tell us we were wrong about. I, I if if
2: Jackie – Br- I, you know? I, will, I will make a deal with you. If, if, <laughs> pick a day. June 1st. If June 1st of next season Jackie Bradley is hitting 270, I will tell you I am flat out wrong. Wow. If he's hitting 270, getting on base at a 330 clip, I am wrong. 270. But it's not – going to happen. I think is fair. That's, I think is pretty fair for a guy who might kind of be your leadoff maybe number two hitter in a best case scenario. That's fair. I'm not asking him to hit 300. He's going to be that newfound
1: like National League um, uh, leadoff hitter who I hits in the nine hole I think, behind listen, the pitcher.
2: Yeah, seriously, with the Reds and Cubs and Rockies do, uh, I think he's a great, great fourth, fifth outfielder in the National League. I think he would be great there. Defensive guy, there's a couple big parks, like you know where in Denver, where he could patrol as a defensive guy. I don't think the Rockies could use him. But there's a couple big parks as a defensive guy where the Red Sox could send him for some value. I don't think he's a starter. I don't think he's an everyday guy. But if he's hitting 270 June 1 next year, I'll say I'm wrong.
3: I'm really torn here because on one hand, it's like, all right, what have we got to lose the rest of the season? Yeah, no, play him for sure. Play him as much as possible. See how he does. Yeah. And then it's, you know, I, I hear what you're saying a little bit, but I also, like you Mike, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic. You know, we have to set ourselves up. We're, we're playing for next year at this point. But I don't know. I just, I do. I have a good feeling about him. I mean, he, I, what do you chalk this historic run up to? Then what the weekend Good game? Luck? Yeah, I mean, yeah,
2: everybody blind, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Everybody's going to get a game like that. Now three doubles and two homers is notable, but everybody's yeah. going to get a game like that. You know, yeah. twenty two runs or, in
1: general or nobody a game like in that. the major leagues this year. Fourteen well, total bases. Nobody else has right. done that this that, year. That's that's so. that's, what, he's that's like a pretty, like the pretty third big nut. player
3: in all history. To do something like that, but weird. But
2: you can't. You cannot play a guy on one game. I want to see seven hundred at bat. I want to see seven hundred plate appearances from a guy before I really make a decision on Mm -hmm. him. I'll give you guys two hundred and fifty plate appearances next year, Mm -hmm. but. One game, forget about it. You know, for you could just what's he doing? Taking the first fastball he sees, everybody every at bat and gets right. What's he doing? Being batting average on balls in play, just a great luck for him. What I if he hits three a line drives at people? You, you know? know, though
3: it is definitely a confidence factor. I mean, who is it? Bob Tewksbury is like the shrink of of the Red Sox. I would love to kind of get in there and see how he works because you know you're a numbers guy. I definitely look at the whole. How are they doing mentally? You know and. I think it's definitely a confidence thing. You saw this kind of change in JBJ where he just kind of found his groove. And let's hope he doesn't get rid of it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, young players like that, you know, and he does have a good head on his shoulders, you know, Mm because he has been horrid.
2: And he just – you hear him and he's just – He's still a pretty confident guy. Now, the, the, what, what, the Can I ask charge. you guys a question? I know it's yeah. hard to say this, but what would you guys have said if Will Middlebrooks did this a while ago? Like, you know, Because you know. this is what I'm talking about. This is another prospect. Look at the numbers. Look at what he's done on the field. I don't care about minor league stuff. Look at Jock Peterson's minor league career, and then look what he's done with the Dodgers this year. I don't care about what you do in AAA. I care about the whole product on the field now that we've seen in the pros. A 30% strikeout rate is abysmal for a guy who's supposed to get on base. That's the if, bottom line. If Will Middlebrooks played uh, gold glove caliber defense, Mm-hmm. Will Motorbooks was you. not a yeah. bad third baseman. That's the thing. He was not a bad defender coming in. And he could not hit with a lick. He went to San Diego and he's completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, But Jackie Bradley Jr. might be the best
1: defensive outfielder in all of baseball. Absolutely. But is, is it
2: worth it for a guy who might hit 170 next year? I mean, that's a serious question. Is no, it worth it?
1: I mean, I'm saying give him a shot. Don't, don't get rid of him in the offseason. Let, okay. Let's give him a shot. And if we can, like, retain a guy like Diazza... As kind of an insurance policy, with so if after 250 plate appearances, Jackie's not there, we have a guy that steps in. I think I don't think there's 90 outfielders in Major League Baseball that are better than Diaz. So I think he's going to go somewhere and start. Yes, but if we mm-hmm. could get him, are, that'd are be you nice. assuming then that
2: Hanley moves to first base? Is that the... I kind of am. Okay, because and, that's and, another big assumption.
1: It is a big mm-hmm. assumption. I think you know people shouldn't take Charrington's comments too much to hot um, as far as Nexia is concerned he was just talking about to make that move in midseason is just silly mm-hmm. yep. for a guy that's already learning a new position is just mm-hmm. like okay that's enough but if you have like a you know whole offseason to kind of have that guy work working at uh, being a first baseman I mean
2: it's not the most physically demanding position on the field. No, but, you, you know, know? It's, it's technically tougher than people give it credit for, and I like this idea, and I think we're going to see it in a couple of years with Hanley and with... uh uh, Troy Tulowitzki in Toronto, these bigger, older shortstops who are going to have to move off shortstop. And traditionally, you move those guys to third. But we have a lot of good young third basemen in the league and coming up in the league. And I think more like teams... Will are Will Middlebrooks? No. Oh. And I think those teams... Toronto's Josh Donaldson. But yeah, I think right. those teams are going to start moving those guys to first. And I like the idea of big, former shortstops moving to first. Because if you can do the footwork and the glove work at short, and you've got the arm to have played short in the major leagues in the past, you could do some interesting stuff at first base. I think. You know? And so Hanley there, you're going to need time to do it, but that would be not potentially the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's better in left field if you give him the time to do it, to Mm -hmm. prep.
1: They also will make every effort to move Hanley in the offseason as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's just... You know, it, it, he's just, he's not dispelling that rumor that maybe he's a bad teammate. I mean, he's not the worst of the worst. Welcome to Hanley in L.A., man. But, yeah. <laughs> just, I, mean, I told you. But to give a guy that kind of money that's not a great teammate, that's uh, just not money well spent.
2: So fool yeah. me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Gonzo and Crawford a couple years ago. Yeah. Hanley and Pablo now. Do the Red Sox go get another big pair this winter?
1: I don't think so. I mean, who's out there? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, like, it's really about, in baseball, almost more than any other sport, it's about team chemistry, you know? And you can't just go out there and say, all right, I'm going to put a fantasy stud out there, you know, uh, each at, at every position, you know, or, or, or like a big-name guy, you know? And that's definitely what they tried to do back with Crawford and Gonzalez. We we needed shiny players or sexy players or whatever, like Tom Werner was quoted as saying, you know? And, and that didn't work out, you know. And now, and it's not going to be every year that the Dodgers are sold, and they're willing to absorb a quarter billion dollars worth of payroll. Yeah, as we could see that there's no takers for these guys th- this year. But I think Pablo is going to be better defensively. You know, I always thought he was kind of a guy that kind of slogs through the regular season. But he does come up big in the playoffs. So if you're going to be a playoff team, he might not be a bad guy to have in October. It's just stomaching him for the, for the you, year.
3: Yeah, but at the same time, you mentioned ke- team chemistry. And just mm-hmm. I kind of see him as a little bit of a complainer when it comes to just self-improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really got to, I hate to say it. You know, I don't want to sound like that person, but he's really got to watch himself. You know he's a he's a big dude. If he wants to play better defensively, I, he, he's got to be a little bit a little bit lighter on his feet.
2: Absolutely, and he doesn't
3: take that real well. You
2: know? I, no, he doesn't. Um, back to your point about chemistry too. If twenty nine major league teams weren't watching the San Diego Padres last winter and didn't learn from the Padres in April when they made moves and then July when they didn't. You're an idiot. If you were watching that and not learning, you shouldn't be running a big league team. And the Red Sox and everybody else should have said, huh, the Padres went and got a lot of interesting guys. And it failed completely. It's not even close. They fired Bud Black, who's a phenomenal manager, going to land on his feet, and the Padres are going to be sorry. And they've got all these guys that they've been trying to ship out and are still going to get rid of a lot of. And you spent a lot of money on James Shields. You absorbed a lot of money on Matt Kemp. You had this great team. No chemistry. Didn't work. So the Red Sox and everybody else need to watch that and say, we can't go get these two guys. I agree with you. We can't go get two big free agents. We can't go get XYZ, you know, David Price, whoever the hell is going to be out there. We can't go get it if it doesn't fit into our plan and what we're doing. That's the, that's the big thing because the Padres just showed everybody why you don't go crazy in November because it doesn't mean you're going to win in June or July.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, let's just talk a little bit about that explosion uh, yesterday. I mean, we kind of did. But, um, I mean, Jackie Bradley, it, it deserves to be said again. I mean, five extra base hits, seven RBIs. Ridiculous. Hey, game of the year, man. Craig mm-hmm. Shelton had
2: an unbelievable six months for the Detroit Tigers. Doesn't make you a long-term player, though. That's Craig my only Shelton. concern.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and from the uh, odd uh, injury department, Stephen Wright is on the
2: seven-day concussion DL. You know why?
3: Batting practice. Batting practice <laughs> fly ball.
2: Listen, man, that's not yeah. a joke. They hit the ball hard. Um, I'm surprised more guys don't get injured, to be honest. I'm really surprised more guys don't get injured. Yeah. Don't pitches just relish being out there shagging flies? Yeah, they do, but we they don't know they know the shag this doing. one for the back of his head. They don't know what the hell they're doing. That's horrendous. Man, I, he been He could have been catching throws somewhere to base. We don't know what he's doing. Um, but that's, man, I'm surprised more guys don't get injured. You talk to former players who go down on the field and have their friends and kids and family down on the field, they have watched the ball like a hawk. You don't understand how hard big leaguers hit the ball. You know, mm-hmm. until you're right up on there, and until you see a line drive go past, if you're sitting in the first row down the line or something, these guys hit the hell out of the yeah. ball. Hopefully
1: he comes back off the seven-day concussion DL like Mookie Betts did. He had a three-hit game his first game back. And then, like, second or third game back, Friday night, you see that catch? He crashed into yeah. the wall and left mm-hmm. center. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Biggest thing he's is fearless. No fear, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, no fear. fear. That's the huge thing.
3: I'm I'm feeling real good about Stephen Ray. I mean, call me nostalgic for uh Wake here, but no, he did you know, this last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just is I just can't wait to see what he does. And uh, he's keeping a dying breed alive. So, you know, let's see what he does he had a, a conversation with wake and then started playing a little bit differently and i love it you know i love if you can't it. get wake back then why not Stephen ray absolutely <laughs> i
1: still think wake can give us some innings but oh, yeah. maybe in the pen what you about what about your boy wade miley you know uh, wade miley He's a serviceable guy. I mean, I look at what he's on there for a number. I mean, we got him for like three years, twenty-five mil. I mean, you need those guys at the back end of your rotation that are going to
2: have an ERA in the fours and log two hundred innings. Dude's dude's nine and nine, four and a half, and what, one hundred and forty innings right now. Right. Listen, one hundred forty-one hits and in one hundred and forty innings. That's a hell of a fifth starter. If you got a good ball club and Wade LeMiley's your fifth starter, plug him into the Cardinals or the or the Royals or the Dodgers or somebody, yeah. and you're like. Okay. 50 yeah. 50 shot, right? Yeah. That's not bad on the fifth day. Now, the Red Sox, it's a disaster because he's doing what he shouldn't be doing. But that's, eh, he's going to end up having a decent year. Mm-hmm. All right. One thing we should touch upon is the hiring of Jerry
1: DePoto. Love it. Mm. Former Angels GM. Love it. Mm-hmm. Didn't get along with Mike Sosha. But maybe he can get along with the, the Red Sox brass.
2: Love it. Absolutely love it. He's a smart dude. The Angels should have listened to him. Artie Moreno is going to have a huge problem on his hands very, very shortly in Los Angeles because they're getting old, with the exception of Mike Trout, and they've got some ridiculous contracts there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry DePoto, there's no real long-term commitment you know, from from him signing with the Red Sox. So if he gets a good job, he can go elsewhere, and it's kind of whatever. I love it. I think it's a great addition. He's a numbers guy. Yeah,
3: I was just going to say that. Talk about another numbers guy here, and maybe that's what we need. He's a
2: smart dude. He understood how to build a team, brought in great pitchers, Mm -hmm. and then he gets saddled with C.J. Wilson and Albert Pujols, who's actually having a pretty good year right now, but a ton of money. Um, Really, 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 really like it. And he knows the AL.
3: Maybe he can do something for
1: that uh, bullpen. Maybe he's just the latest in a long line of smart guys that are overruled by our front office well that's there's a, that too and he had a front yeah. office who overruled him right a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago i, so, I mean yeah. like mm-hmm. you know that pool holes deal and the josh hamilton deal those weren't Jerry DePoto's exactly. ideas. Yeah. You know, just like going out and getting Kyle Crawford was not a Theo
2: Epstein idea. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> but just- you're seeing this more and more. Let's be honest about this. Jerry Depoto left Los Angeles because of this. Ryan Sandberg straight up quit in Philadelphia because of this. He wasn't fired mid-year. He gave up on that. So you're seeing these guys who understand, hey, I know something about baseball, and I'm going to be in demand, but I'm not going to put up with this crap. And I think the more guys do that to owners, the more that the good owners wake up and say, hey, I hired you. What if I let you do your job? You know, my job is to write the checks, and I'll make ton of money. Yes. Why don't I let you do your job in the front office? That would be what an fantastic. Idea?
1: I would love for them to take that that uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that uh,
1: tact, shall we say? Oh, uh, so what do we got coming up in this coming? We've got the Indians coming in for four, and uh, old friend Tito will be in town. Uh, he may actually go with uh, John Farrell to his first appointment on Tuesday. That's oh. just a uh. good guy. Right there, first chemo treatment We just love Tito He's just the man, he should have never been gone
3: You know, this feral news definitely I mean, it was a flashback to Lester With with the whole back, you know Sore back for a long time Oh my god, but you know, even though he got his treatment In Seattle, he bounced back And he, you know, he bounced back okay And and I'm not a doctor But I think that as as we've heard It's treatable, Mm -hmm. you know He's going to come back strong Mm -hmm. I'm gunning for him
1: that's good. Uh, so, and then uh, I, for the second week in a row, did not look at the upcoming schedule. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we have the Indians coming in for four. Then we got. Up, I'll like, look it up for you right then now. Then we then we go on the road. I think right. Or no. Good right, luck. No, gonna, but, anyway, let me let me talk about something for fifteen the seconds the Indians, while I look it up. The Indians. <laughs> they're a kind of an underachieving team this year yeah they're weird I, I thought they were going to be really good I mean they have good young starting pitching you know with Carrasco and Bauer and Kluber and you know I really thought they were good and they have a decent closer in Allen you know I thought they were going to be good but they're underachieving maybe all they needed was to come and plays the Red Sox and uh, take three out of four who's, well, up, who's up after the Indians
2: three they got three at the Indians and then four hosting the Royals Oof. Mm. actually that's a good series you want to watch a team you talked about it you want to watch a prototype team in the American League they don't hit a ton of home runs but they're mm-hmm. showing you don't mm-hmm. need to uh, the yeah, Kansas City Royals are what of a lot of American League teams should be great defense uh, really smartly put together lineup great pitchers great bullpen not as good as last year's bullpen which was insane but they do a lot of really good things
1: mm-hmm be nice to talk this time next week, and we had a nice winning week, a nice four and three week. Or Good, five mm. or two Good luck Maybe with the that. Indians. You, know? you
3: never know. Thanks. Hey. Nice. <laughs> nice.
1: But uh, anything let's say? Where can we find you on Twitter, Bobby? Can't believe
2: you guys don't do Twitter. Uh, right. At Bobby Demuro on Twitter in about an hour, I'll be doing the Dodgers show too. So if you guys live stream that, come on over. We'll talk real baseball in the National League. Wow. Wow. Pinch wow. hitters. Sack bunts, no real baseball. Uh,
1: Chris got no Twitter. You want to <laughs> give out your phone number? Or no, yeah, yeah, right out on the bathroom wall. Yeah, yeah. Right on. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for joining us for another edition of Red Sox Wrap 360. Join us next week. We go at about 7:05 Eastern every Sunday. So give us a listen. Go, Sox.